love and marriage, love and marriage Go together like a horse and carriage This I tell you, brother You can't have one without the other Love and marriage Hey guys! Oh, we did Whoa, it right we did at the same it. Look time! At us. Oh my god, we're amazing. This is Faith. And this is Anna. And this is... Let's what? just go for one. <laughs> Stop trying to do it together. It's not going to work, and it's being awkward. I'm such a cheerleader. This, you really are. <laughs> Dear Lord. Yeah, so this is Let's Just Go For One, um, the podcast where we talk about love and marriage and all things fluffy, and then we'll bring it real down by talking about divorce. Yep. <laughs> Guys, get ready. Buckle up. This is our marriage and divorce podcast mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, should be should be a good time. Just as a reminder, just a little bit of housekeeping, guys. Yes. Uh, make sure that you go on our social media. We constantly forget to promote that, so <laughs> I I figure this is a good time. Um, yeah, on um Facebook we have a Facebook group. Also on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. at let's just go for one. And again, we are on also Apple Podcasts. A lot of people listen on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you rate us, please. Leave a review if you are so inclined to do so. Yeah, we've got some pretty funny reviews. I think on when we do our very like season one wrap up episode, I'm going to read some of them. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I think we should read. We'll read some, some of our faves. Yeah, so I leave us leave us some good reviews, Larry. I feel <clears> like you got a really funny review you could leave us that we'll yeah. definitely read on air. One hundred percent. And also, just as a reminder, guys, this Friday is our Rise event, and I know a lot of you guys got waitlisted. Um, But just a couple of things. Make sure that you keep checking in because sometimes people will cancel, so you might get on the list to attend the class. Yeah, like straight up, I mean, keep checking right up until the class starts. Yeah, absolutely. And the class is at 7.15. It's it's, a $15 donation. It's a 45-minute class. And then from 8 to 9, we are going to be doing some live podcasting, and we're going to have some prizes and giveaways. We have the um, foods being catered by Buffalo Bros. We have um, drinks that are being donated by Hamburg Brewing. Um, and then we have T-Boutique and Stella and Dot doing pop-up shops yes. um, at the event. So even if you can't come for the class, if you want to just come anytime between 7 and 9, we'll be there all set up. So bring a friend and just come hang out. Yes, and then the whole thing will be documented by D. Lee Photography. Oh, yes, D. Lee. We <laughs> I, asked her, I asked her how to spell it. I go, you need to phonetically spell. And the, the proceeds from the event are being donated to the American Heart Association. Yeah. So big shout out to Rise for hosting this event. We're super excited. I don't know if any of you guys know Ren, but she might be the only person in the world that has more energy than I do. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> God bless her, man. She's in the right profession. So though. it's going to be amazing. We, the classes uh, are going to be amazing. Oh, and yes. Janae's teaching the other side. Yeah. She's teaching so the So half of it is spin, and then half of it is like strength training. So we like will see camp. you guys Friday. Yes, we're so excited to see everybody. <laughs> Drink of the podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Faith. Faith uh, is a little hungover. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I was actually at Hamburg Brewing last night. 
Mm-hmm. It was not, it was not, did not end well. Um, so I'm ripping I'm, shit up. She got home safely, guys. That's all that matters. Anna was amazing. She was my DD. I got her a gift for being my DD because that was, that I was a handful. <laughs> I, was, I was a lot to handle. You were fine. Um, so I love Anna for that. Um, and then, so I'm having water, um, and I actually got a sushi thing from Wegmans just so I could eat the ginger. So I ate ginger and water. I feel like they just sell ginger. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah. But Keely ate the sushi. Wow. Oh, I really love ginger. Then. I also had sushi for lunch from Wegmans. Did you? Yes. Oh. Uh, my drink of the podcast is Spindrift Raspberry Lime. Oh, that sounds yummy, too. Yeah. I mean, it's Sunday afternoon, so we're kind of yeah. trying to keep it classy here. Yes. Yes. And there's a Bills game going on, too. I know. Go Bills. Yeah. Yes. Um, And then any walk of shames from the last episode? I have no recollection of what the last episode was. You sound like me talking about I think last night. I have no to, recollection. <laughs> I think trying to pronounce delete. Oh, yeah. yeah that was photography. Terrible. Yes. Yeah. We could not figure it out. Oh, also. Oh. Wait. I do have a wait one. I do have Okay. About my fall in the pool. In oh, the, in go the ahead. fountain. No, go you ahead. go first. Okay, so Ticonderoga, I think we did say that correctly. Oh, Pencil. good. Today, so <laughs> I teach spin on Sundays, and my friend Megan, that's right, Megan, I'm calling you my friend. Um, <laughs> she was like, no, they are the best pencils ever. There's a reason why they choose them. And she said they don't break just like all the other pencils do, which apparently they break. And um, they are just like a really sturdy pencil. So oh my god! Now we understand why Ticonderoga is so important for everybody. Okay. Wow. Yeah, for teachers. Thanks, Megan, for yeah. clearing that up. I know. Also, thanks for listening, Megan. Um, I don't. I mean, I'm even gonna go with the pencils because I literally today had to buy a hundred and fifty dollar calculator. Oh, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. That's right. I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming she can solve world peace with it. <laughs> Uh, or, or like automatically get into a, a college of her choice yeah. when she uses that calculator. Oh, I'm not going to go there. Texas Instrument, you should make an app because these kids all have phones in the classroom anyways. And you should make an app and charge us $70 for the app. And they can do it right on their damn phone because... This was actually a conversation that parents were just having. About what? the hell was I? I don't remember where I was or when it was happening. Yes, because... One of the parents does not let, their kid does not have a phone. And the teacher was like, oh, this is the app you need to download. And the teacher was like, or the mom was like, sorry, like my kid doesn't have a phone. So you got to work around that because I'm not getting my kid a phone just for that. Well, she can go buy a $150 calculator because that you can't get around. Yeah, you have to. But then I wonder about parents who can't afford them. Yeah. Like, if you're in another district, how are they teaching their kids? Because, yeah. like, if you're in, like, certain districts where it's low income, how are you having these parents buy $150 calculators? I'm going to assume they get them donated. Oh, that would make more, or much more sense. Or have some kind of reimbursement thing. I yeah. mean, they have to work something out, I'm sure. Yeah. I told Keely she better take good care of that calculator. She better never fucking break it. Um, <laughs> Tell you that much. I bought a warranty on it. Oh, good. I actually did get the warranty. Perfect. Um, So a lot of people have really enjoyed my um, Washington... A monument story about mm-hmm. the fountain. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to post it on our regular Instagram because I post it on our story. And people were like, oh, my God, it was so dark. There was no lip. I can see how you fell in. It was super clear. And if you zoomed in, you could see that there was like a ledge right after it. So right. it did look like it was going to a staircase. Um, my girlfriend has like uh, Mary Beth Diggins mm-hmm. calling her out. Her <laughs> son 
she actually like told him the whole story has actively been staying awake at night on Google and he's been Googling Asian lady falls. Oh my God. Pool to see if anyone has it on video. I love him. I love Tucker. He's been that googling. Is so yeah, funny. And he's like, he's like, I'm going to find it. And I'm like, Tucker, if you find it, I'm gonna pay you a hundred dollars. Yes, because I'm pretty sure I can put it on YouTube and make that much money. I can't wait to see how many other Asian ladies have fallen into the reflection <laughs> pool. That's gonna be pretty amazing. Oh my god, I love that. Yeah, he's hilarious. That's amazing. So do you have any other wait what's? <laughs> no. Are we going to so. dive in? Um, ooh. So super exciting. Next week. Oh, what day yeah. is it? No. In two weeks. Yeah. I don't know what day it is. Yeah. Anyway, in a few <laughs> weeks. In season one, before we wrap up. Yeah. We are going to, talking, uh, going to be talking to Katie Abrams, who is a dear friend of mine and also a um, mindfulness meditation facilitator. And she's also like a Reiki healer. It's amazing. And an um, energy healer. And we are going to be talking about mindfulness. And we're going to be talking about like just kind of dabbing a little bit into like Reiki and healing and all of that awesome stuff. I'm so excited for that. Yeah. I'm so excited. That's so for exciting. That. Yeah. So we finally booked it. So I'm. Yeah. I'm really excited. And then we only have a couple more episodes until the end of the season. We have Mm -hmm. the Rise one, the Rise Mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. We'll have that one. And then Mm -hmm. we have a season Mm wrap-up. And we have a little surprise in the season wrap-up, too. Anna and I are doing one more little adventure, I think. Oh. Possibly just the two of us. Maybe we'll add our friend Jay if we can. Oh. So, oh, I'm like, what yeah. the hell is this adventure? Yes. Now I get you it. remember. Yeah. We're good. Yeah. We're good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, also a surprise to Anna. Also, <laughs> no, Anna knew this, I promise. Um, so, yeah, the only other wait what I have, and it's really not a wait what, mm-hmm. but like they need to do something about when you turn your camera on mm-hmm. that it faces you right away. And I call it the Ursula face. You know, oh, what? God, you know at the, the end worst. of the Little Mermaid where Ursula comes like out of the water yeah, and she's like, ha, ha, yeah. Ha. Yeah. That is what I look like when my camera is facing me at Same. first. Same. And I go to, well, what happened last night, as I discovered in mm-hmm. my drunken stupor that I don't remember too much of, mm-hmm. um, I had my phone out apparently and it was taking pictures. So I have about like twenty pictures. Oh my god! Of, of a double chin decollete as also like my Ursula face. Like, oh, come, like oh my god! It's a terrible. Worst. They should put like an instant filter if if you turn your phone on right away. No, it should automatically you. not be on the selfie setting. That's you should that's turn on true. your camera and it should always be facing out. Is it always on selfie setting or do, does no, it go on it's when just, you turned off? No, you see now just, mine was on the other side. Well, if you were last taking a selfie and then close on your camera. That's what happens. Yes. Also, many people have been saying that their phone is telling them uh, where their car is parked. Oh, it's not just me. It's not just you. Oh, well, I feel better. Yeah. Good. Good. (laughs) All right, guys. So now we're going to dive right in. Okay. So we're going to start off by talking about marriage. So uh, we thought kind of like the first episode, we would just kind of go into our stories um, so, Faith, you go first. Okay. So, Dan and I, it's kind of, we were very untraditional. We went backwards. As mm-hmm. you guys all know, I, Keely was my college going away gift. Um, so, we had her. 
And I remember, like, we were so young, so a lot of people put pressure on us to get married. They were like, you guys should be getting married. I remember I was really sensitive to it because, like, we'd go places and people would see my belly, Mm -hmm. and then they would look at my finger and they'd be like, oh, she doesn't have a ring. Like, people used to actively do that. Yeah, so I've been there where you're in that position where you feel like you should be getting married. Yeah. So Dan actually proposed to me Mm -hmm. um, in our early 20s. We were in Disney World. And he proposed to me in front of the castle. Wow. Yeah. It was like super over the top. We started planning this huge over the top wedding. Tons of bridesmaids. Oh my Um, gosh. The whole nine yards, my aunt was throwing me this huge shower. I mean, everything. And then it just kind of picked up speed. And there was like a point that I just remember that, like, I felt like I had no control about what was happening. Like, it was becoming a show. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking, like, I was excited for the dress. I was excited for this. I was excited for this. But I remember thinking that, like, when I actually walked down the aisle and see Dan at the end, I, like, couldn't imagine that. Mm -hmm. I can imagine everything. But for some reason, that didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And so, um, which I was like, that something's wrong. Like, that should be the best part. And I, I don't know. I'm more excited about the show of all of it. Right. So, actually, um, I want to say it was, like, two months before we I called the wedding off. Wow. Um, which was probably one of the hardest things I've done. Um, a lot of people couldn't understand why. I mean, a lot of people were mad at us, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I called it off, and I was like, this, this isn't right, but I still love you. I just... I don't think, I think this is something that we can do later in life. And I also was like, I don't want people to look at us and say, oh, they just got married because they had a baby. Right. Because it kind of cheapens what we actually have, which I can securely say 16 years later, we had something real. And I just felt like we were losing sight of that in the whole wedding process. Mm -hmm. So I called it off. Dan and I actually broke up for a bit because he just was so hurt. He couldn't understand. I was like, it's not that I don't love you, Mm -hmm. you know. And so then um, when we broke up, it was pretty ugly, actually. It got pretty rough. Um, And I will say that we were broken up for, I I think it was like nine months. And Well, I think that, like, the the thing to point out here is that you broke up but you still had a baby together yeah we still had a baby so, together I mean, it oh wasn't there was like a clean break no it wasn't like there was custody issues yeah. i mean when i think about some of the things that went down in those nine months between yeah. us with our parents our parents to each other like mm-hmm. it was it was bad it was bad 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 mm-hmm. um probably the worst year of my life honestly yeah. and then um what actually happened was Dan and I were both invited to a friend's birthday because we were still friends with, you know, you don't stop being friends with each other's friends. Right. And that night, I actually saw both of us were, like, at the lowest of the low. Like, I saw both of us hitting a rock bottom because we spent nine months, I'm going to be honest, just emotionally beating the hell out of each other back Mm -hmm. and forth, just trying to tear each other down. And and so then I remember it like it was yesterday. We were at this party, and Dan just was at the lowest point I've ever seen him. Like, I saw that, like, how our breakup, like, broke him Mm -hmm. and everything we were going through. And then I remember when I saw him in that moment, there was a part of me that was like, 
I thought I would have been happy seeing that because I thought that's what I wanted because I was so mad at him. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting was like in that moment, the second I saw it, it actually broke my heart all over again. So I was like, he's the best guy in the world and look at what this is doing to him. And I actually like realized how much we love each other. And we were just in our very young 20s being very immature. Mm -hmm. And it actually was the first step that I needed to see where I was like, I still love you. I love the hell out of you. We got to fix this. We got to rebuild. And it took us two years, a lot of therapy, Mm -hmm. a lot of sit down talks with our parents, with our daughter. There was so much we had to go through right um to kind of rebuild from there and trust each other and but it, it took me to see him at his lowest point for me to realize that in that moment all I wanted to do was help him yeah. I wanted him to continue to be the person that I loved yeah um so then um a, a couple years after that because it was about five years in between wedding one and and then um <laughs> It was like we were in a great spot. We had moved to the city. We, like, things were good. We'd been going to therapy. Like, everything was was really, really good. And it was a random Tuesday night. I was at work, and Dan's like, oh, what time are you going to be home from work? And Tuesdays were pizza night for us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I don't know, like 7, 7.30. And, of course, like... For me, I never get out on time. Right. So he, he's like, okay, grab the pizza and come home. I'm like, okay. Well, then I end up taking a client late. Long story short, I didn't even like leave till eight. I went to go get the pizza. The oven was broken. They're like, do you mind staying here for 20 minutes? Dan is calling me constantly. Where oh are you? Are you coming home? I was like, yeah, 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 I'll be home. I, I don't know. Pizza oven's broke. I just told him I'd wait. He's like, well, why don't you try to get home? So I got home on a random Tuesday and I opened the door <laughs> And there were tea light candles. Aww. Half of them were out because oh. they had now been lit for <laughs> like an hour out. and a half. And they went from a path from the door and it was a hundred candles. And then with every candle, there was a post that said a hundred reasons why he wanted to marry me. Oh my god! And at the very end, he was down on his knee. That is the sweetest. It was the cutest, but I loved it because it was private. Yeah. We actually like, so the second time... We were engaged. What I loved about it mm-hmm. was that um, all I wanted was to be his wife. I didn't care about the show. Right. It was so funny how that switched for me. Yeah. Like the first time, I just remember like loving every part of the wedding, except I was petrified about getting married. And the second time, I was like, I could get married tomorrow in a courthouse. I actually didn't care what I wore. I didn't care. Yeah. I could not wait to be his wife. That was the most important thing. And that's how I knew yeah. it was the right decision then because that's all I wanted. And we actually got married in three months because we didn't do this huge wedding. Mm-hmm. We didn't do, you know, we just wanted to be married. We had a private ceremony right in our living room. That's amazing. It was just our bridesmaids, our groomsmen, and our immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was amazing because I didn't want to have to worry about what everyone thought, what everyone did. I just wanted... Yeah. I wanted that moment. I would have gotten married the next day. Like, I was so excited to be That's married amazing. to him. Yeah. And then we just had a huge party at the mansion in Delaware. We had like 100, Perfect. I think 75 to 100 people. We had a small party. It was mm-hmm. just a huge party. It was one huge big party. It was a winter wedding. That's so We had the Buffalo Gay Men's Choir there, and they were singing Christmas carols as you walked up. Oh, my God. It was, ama- it was like a big, warm, yummy party. Yeah. And that's all I wanted. Yeah. I didn't care about it. And we went to Founding Fathers after for the after party, which Dan loved. 
That's amazing. So, but that's yeah. so sweet. So that's our uh, that's our tumultuous story <laughs> <laughs> to get us where we are. And now we actually have our ten year anniversary. When um, is it? December fifth. Aww. Yeah, coming up this year. That's amazing. So yeah, good for you. That's my story. Nice. <laughs> and you celebrated with your cruise. And we celebrate by going to my favorite place in the world, the Bahamas, which right now is oh, getting hit man. by the hurricane. It and is I, not good. I think I may have to quit my job and go down and help them rebuild things. Yeah. Because I would. Should. I would. In like two seconds. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I know. Um. All right. So I guess I'll go into mine. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, your story. If you start, I'm I warning you guys right now. <laughs> Faith goes in. Wait, first of all, I have to say no. my favorite snack in the world is ice chips. Ice chips. So, anybody want to back me up on this? I go, What do you have, pica? And I she's don't like, have pica. She's like, Listen, I looked that up and she keeps calling it pica. And I'm like, Stop it, it's pica. And she's it's like, when you have a deficiency in sulfur or something, you eat yeah. like dirt and stuff. Yeah, but ice chips is on the list of things you eat, Ugh. which is why I said it. Ice it chips are my favorite snack yes. in the whole wide world. It was obviously a joke, but <laughs> you took it to heart. So she's like, can I have some ice chips? I go, no, dude, we're about to record a podcast. I go, you can't do that shit. I would punch you in the face if I was listening. And she's like, I promise I won't chew. I go, I'm telling you right now that if I hear any chewing, I'm going to call you out immediately. So I just heard some chewing. You better cut it out. My dream snack would be a snow cone thing with no flavor. Yeah, just mm-hmm. the just the ice. Everyone thinks I'm crazy. It's my favorite. At work, we got an ice machine put into our fridge. Mm-hmm. It was like Christmas came early. I was like, oh my God, I can have ice all day. Ice chips, they're my favorite snack. It's so... Interesting. I want like an ice chip machine, like those ones you just get like the big, yeah. the big like bulk candy shovel and put it. Doesn't into... your fridge do ice chips? Or just not cubes? not well, but if oh. you but like good ice chips, like right. you can get those real little ones. Like I'm real picky. Certain hospitals have amazing ice chips. Oh, I'm so picky. This is a real interesting conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I love right, ice whatever. chips. It's fine. Favorite snack in the world. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> not mine. I like actual snacks. Um, <laughs> Okay, so we, Josh and I were together for maybe like a year or so. God, I can't remember. It just seems like a million years ago. Um, so we were together for a while, and then we broke up, and I moved to New York. Oh, wow. So I was gone for like a year and a half, two years, and then we started talking again while I was in New York. And I was like, okay, so I was getting kind of homesick, so I kind of wanted to move home anyway. So we started talking. Once I decided to move home, we started talking again. And I was like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to move home. So if you want to do this, like, let's do this. So I moved home. How old were you? Sorry. 25. Okay. Yeah. 25. We started dating. When we started dating, I was 21. And then we dated for a couple of years, and then broke I up. moved. Yeah, Got it. broke up. I moved to New York, and then when I came back, I was twenty five. So I moved back in like February, and that October he proposed. <coughs> Stop chewing ice chips! <laughs> it is like my biggest. It will drive me up a goddamn wall. I swear to God. <coughs> Listening to people chew is one of my biggest pet peeves. I know gum or so. something I get, but the ice, the ice. No, it's like crunching. Like you're gonna sit here and eat a fucking bag of Doritos too. Like stop it. Jesus. I'm getting fired for. Right. Oh my god. 
eat, go, we'll pause it, you can go <laughs> eat your ice chips, and then we'll continue. Okay. Anyway, so we, um, he proposed in October, and he had this whole elaborate plan um, set up, right? So we're in his car, and um, we're driving. I don't know where we're going. We went to dinner at Chef's because that Wait, was Wait, did you weird. know you were going to get proposed to? Um, So, like, the weeks leading up to it, he was acting really fucking weird. Okay. And I was like, okay, so two things. Either he's going to break up with me or he's going to propose. Like, okay. that's kind of yeah. w- what I thought. So, um, we went to dinner at Chef's, which is where our first date was. So, I'm like, okay, like, maybe something's going on tonight. Yeah. So, then we were in his car, and I looked, he was driving, and I looked over at him, and there was a spider on his seat. Oh. And I was like, oh, God, there's, like, a spider on your seat. Like, let me just grab it. Did you freak out about the spider? Because, you know, when I freaked out about the spider, you got real judgy. (laughs) Okay, because that spider was... On the outside of the car, <laughs> I thought. And also, way farther away from me. This thing was, like, big and crawling oh. on his seat, like, oh. near his person. Oh, gosh. Yes. Oh. So, we were, I was like, oh, my God, there's a spider on you. Like, it's, it's crawling towards you. Like, I think it's going to go in the back seat. And what I didn't know at the time was that he actually had stuff hidden in the back Oh, seat. no. Yeah. So, if I, I was going to, like, try to kill the spider... So he's flipping out. He's like, leave the spider alone. You don't, don't worry about the spider. And I'm like, why are you freaking out about the spider? And he's like, why are you freaking out? So it was like this whole thing. We ended up just going back to his apartment. Oh. So then when we were at his apartment, um, he proposed there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So, and it was really funny because, um, where he got my ring, the jeweler he got it from, um, Josh's stepmom was there a few weeks prior. Okay. And when she was there, the um, the guy who owned, the owner of the uh, the jeweler said to her, oh, did uh, did your oldest uh, propose to his girlfriend yet? And <gasps> no. She had no idea? She Nobody did. He did not tell anybody. Oh, my gosh. So she had to keep that in that oh. entire time. Oh my gosh. It was really funny. So, yeah, so it was super fun. I have a huge family. He has a huge family. So, we had this big wedding. We got married at um, my family's church downtown on the west side. It was, I love this church. It's super beautiful. So, we got married there. And then uh, we had our reception at Pearl Street. And it was like, like straight up my big fat Greek wedding. Like, it was super fun. It was during, we got married in May and it was um, 2006. So it was when the Sabres were in the playoffs. Oh, back when they were super good. And there was, they will be good again this season. Just throwing that out there. So there was a Sabres game, a playoff game going on. It wasn't home though, it was away, but it was when they were filming it at, um, oh, yeah, whatever. Watch it at Field. Yeah. Yeah, whatever it's called. Um, at the time, I think it might have been Pilot Field. So, the baseball diamond. Yes. 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 So, so, you could see it right you there. You could see it from oh, the cool. balcony. Yeah. It was super awesome. I remember having a conversation with Josh, and the Sabres scored, and in the middle of my sentence, he ran away. <laughs> he was oh. like, the Sabres scored! And oh, then my. he ran away. <laughs> it was it was so much fun. That's awesome. We had a really good time. Like, the families had a great time. It was, yeah. it was a good time. Um, yeah. And then... I think that was pretty much 
Like, I was 26 when we got married. He uh, was 29. I'm always very interested. I'd love to hear from our listeners, too. Um, Two things. I love proposals that go wrong. I don't know. Yeah. It's because it's so cute. Yeah. Because you know what? It's like I always and I I don't I don't mean that in a a bad way. But like these poor guys go through so much. Like this is the one big thing. Also, I have a question. Did yeah. he ask your dad's permission? Yeah, he did. He yeah. My parents I'm off. super old school, and I don't care. Like, God only knows. They'll probably just get married through their phones 20 years from now. I don't oh, even know. I know. They won't, like even, they won't even, like, yeah, they'll just text each other their vows or some stupid <laughs> shit like that. But no matter what, like, I don't care, mm-hmm. like, what the situation is. Mm-hmm. Whoever proposes to my kids better ask me and my husband for permission. Yeah. I'm, I'm super old with school with that. Dan had to ask my dad twice. Ooh, aww. Mm-hmm. He asked him twice. That's so cute. My dad's like, please take her both times. <laughs> you know what's you know super funny? And I mean, granted, we're divorced now, but I don't, like, I don't regret anything. Everything yeah. happens for a reason. Um, so, like, the little omens and signs that happened, like, we were meant to get married. We were meant to have our kids. For sure. We were meant to be together for yes. that amount of time. Um, but the night that he went to my parents' house to ask permission I was at David's bridal with my best friend oh how weird find a wedding dress and there was a dress that was on the mannequin and that night I looked at that dress and I was like that's gonna be my wedding dress <gasps> was it it was yeah oh my gosh how cool yeah that's really cool that one and another one but I went with yeah. that one oh yeah. I love that Which, and that wedding dress I tried on every year on our anniversary to make sure I was keeping everything in check oh I love that yeah it was a lot of fun that's really cool um, but yeah, I love good, I love good proposal stories. Those poor guys, I always feel so bad for them. It's so rough. And when it goes badly, it's so funny. Lisa and Joe have a really funny proposal story too. Oh, that's so um, funny. They, I have to just share this quick because it's the cutest story, but he took her to Cabo. Oh my gosh. And there's an island in Cabo called Isla de, de, oh, what is love in Spanish? I definitely am not going to pull that one out right now. But it's essentially the island of love. And, and he arranged for a private dinner there. And you have to take a private bow. And like he and he was going to propose there. Well, what ended up happening was the water was really, really choppy. Oh, my god! And they got on the boat. And the guy's like circling. He's like, I can't pull up, dude. I'm so sorry. They couldn't get onto the island. Oh, my gosh. He was so Well, then on top of it, Lisa, who's very motion sick, got seasick no. from the boat. So she's getting sick. He's tr- And he's trying to propose to her. <laughs> And then, like, they went back to the hotel, and she was, like, throwing up, and it was not good. And then she came out of the bathroom, and he's just down on his knee, and he's like, I'm sorry. This is the way it's going to go now, but... You know, but I think it's so cute. I don't know. There's something... It's like anything. It's like... It's going to be what it's going to be. And there's something really authentic in general at humor in your life. Yeah. So when those moments do happen, I think it's really cute, too. It's like that episode of Sex and the City where Charlotte and Harry get married and everything goes wrong. Everything goes wrong. And then she's in the bathroom crying and Carrie's like, dude, you had the perfect wedding. But it wasn't the perfect marriage. Well, that says a lot. That would have been, yeah. I mean... For sure, but anyways, yeah. I love that, and I and I always am curious to know if the brides can always tell if they're getting proposed to. Yeah, well, I feel like you know you know each other so well at that yeah. point if you're talking about that. So yeah. and Josh like wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah, like he is 
when he's super squirrely and anxious about something, yeah. I'm like, something's up. Yeah, I kind of had, I knew, I had a feeling both times. The first one I knew was happening. Yeah. I knew it was happening because we were traveling and Dan was really crazy and mm-hmm. I knew everyone was putting the pressure on us. So I was in like full knowledge that it was probably going to happen while we were in Disney. Right. Um, Second time, he really did surprise me. I had no idea it was going to be a random Tuesday night on our mm. pizza night. Um, That's really sweet. But I knew it was probably coming Mm -hmm. at some point. Um, I just didn't think that. But in general, growing up, like, I always was like, I'm not the marriage type. Like, I never, ever thought I was going to get married. Like, growing up, I was like, I'm going to be like Samantha and Sex and the City, who really I should not have used as, like, my. I'm so much more a Carrie. (laughs) (laughs) Carrie slash Charlotte. But I I always wanted to be Samantha. And I was like, I'm never getting married. I'm just going to date a ton of guys. and. Yeah, and then uh, and then now I, I found someone who really, really loves my crazy. So that's I'm his sweet. kind of crazy. Oh, that's super sweet. Yeah, now he's stuck with me. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if I would get married again. Yeah? I think that it's like, a, well, getting unmarried is a really long process. So let's, and, yeah, let's start to mm-hmm. talk about, well, I still want to talk about a few more things on marriage. And right. then I really want to dive into divorce. Okay, so then go ahead. A couple questions I have, and I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, I want to get into all of that stuff right. too. Um, so once you were married, okay, mm-hmm. or, or whatever the case may be within your marriage at any point, what were the things that surprised you about married life that you didn't expect? Um, I think it was probably moving in together because we did not live together beforehand. Oh, okay. So I remember distinctly a friend of mine, her mom told me that the first year of marriage is the most difficult year because it's that combining. Right. Like where, especially if you haven't lived with each other, it's like that new, like now you're sharing space with this person, like... Now, decisions that you make are not just about you, they're about this person, too. Right. And I think that's the hardest part, because you get used to... You get spoiled. Well, yeah. Like, you get used to just making decisions for yourself. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that changes, too, with parenthood. Yeah. But, like, oh, instead of, oh, yeah, I'll come meet you guys for drinks, like, oh, let me see if... Yeah, you have to check it. If, like, my husband has plans, or... Like, yeah, and, like, I think it's, like, the checking in Yeah, is, like, the hardest. And I think the longer you go not being married, the harder that has to be to adjust yeah. your lifestyle because, like, yeah. you get so used to doing things a certain way and not yeah. having to, like, necessarily be accountable to someone else constantly. Yeah. So I think that's really hard, and I think it brings up a good point. And my question for you now, yeah. now that you're on the other side of things yeah. and, like, you have kids, mm-hmm. if, like, Max or Jude were at an age where they had a girlfriend, a serious girlfriend, mm-hmm. would you recommend them living together before marriage? Um, I I wouldn't care either way. Like, yeah. it's their decision. Yeah. If but they you want would, to, if they, I wouldn't care. If they moved in together, would you be like, you better be getting married? Or no, no. Not at all. I would never put that pressure on my kids ever. Like, some people are like, oh, if they're moving in together, they, he better put a ring on it. Well, it's I like, also think that that whole mentality has completely shifted, though. Well, it needs to shift because... I mean, again, we had a baby, and I just remember so many people putting the pressure, and I'm just going to, like, throw this out there, too. Like, don't put pressure on people to get married, because it it is not, it's the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Yeah. Aside from parenting, mm-hmm. marriage is one of the hardest things you're ever going to be in, and I always describe it like this. Think about your friends, right? 
your friends in your 20s, your friends in your 30s, friends that you haven't kept in touch with, right? That you're still, you know, acquaintances or on good terms with, but people kind of grow in and out of your life because you continue to grow as a person. You don't realize that like when you're younger, you don't just stop like growing at age 18 when you become an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're going to continue to grow and evolve your entire life. Right. And you're going to have different interests or different priorities. And you're going to have friends that at some points of your life are a part of that and some aren't. Well, when you sign up for a marriage, you're pretty much saying that we're going to be together forever. But that doesn't mean you're not going to grow apart. Right. And I think one of the hardest things is growing as a person individually and making sure that you continue to evolve and not leaving your partner behind or vice versa. Mm -hmm. And to continue to grow together even though you're growing apart in some situations. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like a huge thing because if you think of your friends and how that group has evolved or how certain people come in – just because you guys get married doesn't mean jobs, finances, careers, kids, all of those things change the aspects of who you are. Mm-hmm. So it just makes it more difficult to keep a relationship because your relationship with your husband's just like a relationship with your parents or your friends of the fact is, is that you have now said, I'm going to keep you in my life forever, no matter what happens, mm-hmm. meaning all the phases I go through and all the phases you go through, we have to figure out a way to always be together on things. Right. That which is a really complicated thing. It's it's an easy notion, but it's the most difficult thing. So yeah, there should never be a pressure on getting married. I think if you're lucky enough to find someone that you love that much that you consider yourself to be a soulmate, or you just have a good time with them, or whatever it is, like hold on to that. That's so special. Don't always be like searching for the next step, or you know, saying, "Well, mm-hmm. we have to do this, or we have to do this to make this." No, you don't. There's no set path that everybody needs to follow. And let me tell you, once you're married, there are such ebbs and flows. And I think one of the surprising things for me when we got married, and especially because now when Dan and I did get married, I was at like the highest point of my life. Mm -hmm. I mean, like it was just, and we had been through the ringer at that point. Mm -hmm. I mean, truly, there were like lawyers involved before that when we went through our breakup. It was ugly. So for us, for Dan and I, we always kind of had this mantra where we're like, oh my God, we've been through hell and back. Mm -hmm. And it really did make our relationship stronger. So something that happened with Dan and I was that we just thought we our marriage would be so untouchable because of what we already had gone through being young parents, breaking up, et cetera, et cetera. So there are definitely times where I think we kind of forgot putting the work in throughout your marriage because Mm -hmm. you're just so relying on the fact that you know how good it is and you know that you have something real and and I think what surprised me is that you are going to have points in your marriage once you're married um and and if you deny this I I would uh, then you have an amazing marriage but I think there are points throughout any marriage where you have a full grounding reason to get a divorce mm-hmm. right there's yeah. definitely you will have a reason to get a divorce once you're married I never realized that I just thought like we're going to be married and I knew things would be tough but I just didn't think situations would arise that could honestly make us get divorced and I and, and and it sounds so crazy. So once we did get married, we what we've gone through the highest highs and the lowest lows together. 
And we've been to a marriage counselor a handful of times. And some people are against marriage counseling. They say it's a step before divorce. And I think Why? it's how or you... it's a step to prevent divorce. Well, for us, we just need a referee. Yeah. That's all we ever needed when we would sort out problems. Because Dan and I are very opposite. Mm-hmm. So I would say Dan's on island A. Yeah. And I was on island Z. Yeah. And obviously, I'm a very overpowering person. So <laughs> it would take a referee to be able to let both of us speak and have an unbiased opinion to help us communicate better. It was almost like, she, and she was like, you need to learn to fight fair too. Mm-hmm. And she always would tell us, like right when we would go, the first thing she would say is, what is the point of, of this therapy? Is it you don't want to be together and you need to figure out how to co-parent? Mm-hmm. Is it you want to be together? Like, what is your purpose? And we would always be like, well, we want to stay married. And she's like, okay, well, if you want to stay married, then you need to fight fair because you're fighting for your marriage, mm-hmm. not fighting against each other. We would always fight against each other, right? Mm-hmm. So I think what surprised me was once we got married that there would be these tumultuous things that come up or we'd go through these changes that would, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, we're, we're going to get divorced. But the difference between staying married and getting a, a divorce is very simple. It's just having you and your partner say, you're on island A, I'm on island Z. I don't know how we're ever going to figure this out, but we have to. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. It's just the mindset of saying, I don't know how, but we are going to make this work because divorce is not on the table. That being said, if you have a partner that is like, I'm sorry, but I just can't come to terms with it and like I need a divorce, then, then, the, then you you're obviously going to go down that path. I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. Yeah, like I get what you're saying. I think that it it's so different for every single situation. Thousand percent. Yeah, because you can both percent. have that mentality of divorce is not an option, but then you also have the mentality of like we either need to figure this out right. or maybe right. divorce is Or the maybe option. divorce is that, which yeah. is totally okay too. Right. right. But, you know, I always say like if you don't think that you're going to hit a point in your marriage where you honestly think about divorce, yeah. that's just not realistic. It's going to happen. Dan and I, I love him so much. Like right. I am in love with my husband mm-hmm. and I like him mm-hmm. and I love him. Mm-hmm. And trust me, I mean even the summer was a really rough summer for us and it's, but, you know, you, you just got to work at it. You have to have two people willing to always work at it. Right. And if you're not willing to work on it anymore, that's okay, too. Right. That's okay to step away. That's okay. Everyone has their peak of what they can handle. Right. And when you've hit that peak, it's okay to walk away. But I feel very lucky mm-hmm. every day that my husband still chooses to work for our marriage. Because right. at any point, he could turn and say, I'm done. Oh, yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. And absolutely. it's so fragile. Mm-hmm. As strong as our marriage it's also so fragile at the same time and I think people who like I will do not take my marriage for granted right you know I have such a high respect for it and I realize how precious it is Mm -hmm. and I know nothing in life is guaranteed right you know and my husband's going to be looking at a career change in the near future Mm -hmm. and I we actually had a sit down talk and I was like just so you know with this type of change 
you're going to be in all new situations. You're going to be in different powerful situations, I said. And also, and I'm not trying to say this to like set us up for anything, but I'm like, you have to realize you're going to be in a position where women are going to try to seek you out too. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Faith, I'm like, no, you have to know this. This is going to happen. I've talked to a lot of other girls whose husbands are in the same positions mm-hmm. and it's really common. So I said, you have to be prepared. Our marriage has to be prepared. You've never been on that side of things where that's happened. Mm -hmm. And you have to know what's going to happen. And you have to be honest with me about it. And you have to be ready. Because otherwise, you're going to get blindsided by, you know, a girl who wants something and and thirsty. And you don't know it. Yeah. You know? Well, I think that's... (laughs) That's in general. That's in any situation. But you know what I mean? Mm, We kind of like... I don't know. Well, and I think that the really the whole basis of marriage is you have that foundation where you can always go back to it no matter what. Mm -hmm. Where even when there are issues... That, you know, sometimes you could be like, man, he is really fucking annoying. Right. But he's also, he's my person. He's yeah. the, right. like, the one that I decided right. to live like this, right. you know, this life with and stuff. And I think, too, that, because we did marriage counseling as well a few times. And one thing that kept coming up is, like, there, you both kind of have different stories in your head. So you both create these narratives in your head. And this is relationships That's in true. general. That's so true. 100%. Brene Brown totally knows her shit. But you create these narratives in your head where like if your husband or your wife says something and you internalize that and you're projecting all of your other shit, we all have shit. We all have our mm-hmm. baggage, whatever. We have triggers that happen that we don't fully understand sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we work through it and we totally understand it. Mm-hmm. So if you're not understanding these triggers and why you're getting defensive about things when it's just, and I mean, we still do this now, even with divorce. Right. We're like, right. he'll say something and I will automatically get on the defense. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need to do that anymore. Like, well, and I general. think it's really hard. I think I have an ice chip in my mouth. You're going to kill me. No, it's I'm going to keep talking. There you go. <laughs> um, but I think it's important, too, that you have to understand that these stories that you create in your head about things, like, there are times we communicate better now that we're divorced. So there are times when I'm like, I don't like the way you use your tone during this right. text message. Like, help me understand what you're trying to say. And he's right. like, oh, I didn't have a tone at all. That's not what I meant. Right. So then we have oh, an gosh. actual well, text conversation. Message translations well, yeah, in general. One. Yeah. Um, but when we have an actual conversation, I'm like, okay, this is why I took this this way. So right. explain how you really meant it. And so that's how we handle things right. now. And it really does, like, I think it, it's going to help with, like, my own relationships in the future, too. And I think in general, like, um, for any relationship, friendship, marriage, anything, you have right. To have a really strong sense of self awareness, yeah, and you also have to have a strong sense of self love, yeah, one because you need to know like who you are, good, the bad, the ugly. You have to have a good sense of that, um, because you know I think it's really important. How can someone love you if you don't love you? Yeah, because the our marriage has gotten stronger. With Dan and I, because we were together at such a young, insecure time, we really didn't know who we were. The stronger we become as people mm-hmm. in our own life, the, our marriage just gets stronger and stronger and stronger because of it. Right. Because like you said, you grow up a little, you become a little bit more mature, you learn to communicate better, but you also get a better sense of self. And you realize what your triggers are. You realize yeah. 
I had so much realization in like how I fought. That was a big thing with us, how I would fight. I would never fight fair. I would be super dramatic. I mean, I was a total asshole, honestly. And I've recognized that. And that doesn't mean I'm still not a total asshole. <laughs> but I recognize where I have to have self-control or know where my points are mm-hmm. or know. And, and like you said, there are definitely times where like I have to like be really honest with Dan and he's really honest with me. And mm-hmm. for him, it's expressing his feelings. He grew right. up in a house where you weren't supposed to, not you weren't supposed to, but they didn't talk about their feelings as right. much. So he always has trouble with that. But the more self-aware and confident and like Dan kind of coming into his own in his career and everything mm-hmm. has made him able to communicate with me so much better. So I, I think that, you know, you really want to have a good self awareness and self-love because you don't really have like that's that's also a foundation who you are yeah you know and knowing that and loving that you know and when you have more the more self-love you have the less you're going to let your ego take over because the narrative a lot of the arguments that happen are it's because you're getting your ego involved when right that's oftentimes not necessary right and not the case right yeah i agree with that um, so anyways, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start our discussion on divorce. All right, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to even start this one. <laughs> well, okay. So as a quick disclaimer, too, I hope I didn't offend or insult or anyone because <laughs> I only know what I know, right? Right, exactly. And I don't know that much. Mm. And that's just my own personal perspective of my marriage. Right. But I'm also incredibly open-minded to the fact that it is so different for everyone. Right. And I don't think I'm better or worse than anybody else. I just think marriage is fucking hard for all of us. 1,000%. And I, in my head, have found ways to understand marriage that works for me and my husband. Mm -hmm. And if whatever I said doesn't work for someone else, that's okay, too. Because yeah. it's all survival. And I think, I mean, that's pretty much everything about this podcast is we share our, like, our own journeys and we share our own experiences, but we are by no means, number one, giving advice to people because, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and, um, like, we're not judgy towards people oh, or my God, situations. Never. Like, never. Unless you're an asshole, then I'm totally judgy to you. <laughs> but that's if I meet you in person. But, I mean, that's the thing is, like, we just share what we know and yeah. what we've experienced. Mm-hmm. And we are totally open to people wanting to share their stories with us, too. Oh, like, my gosh. Absolutely. Because everything, everybody is different. Every marriage is different. Mm-hmm. Every person is different. And every divorce is different. And every relationship is different and what works for some people doesn't work for other people absolutely so let's talk about so how long were you guys married and then if you want to start talking about like the whole divorce maybe if you feel comfortable like what led to it um and then what that process was like how long it took going through it Mm -hmm. like i would just love to hear that and i know we have a ton of listeners Mm -hmm. who are divorced Mm -hmm. and actually love this podcast because of you because oh, they really kind of like really look up to you in this whole wow. perspective of it. That you guys so I th- no, really, really nice. I know that. So I really <laughs> want you to talk if you feel comfortable yeah. about the decision that you finally came, like how long all that took, like because mm-hmm. you guys have, and in some cases, I feel like um, people are there's cheating, there's something, there's right. some huge big moment. 
that right. happens that doesn't give someone a choice, right? They never get the mm-hmm. option to fight for their marriage or mm-hmm. to make it, try to make it work. Right. And you guys had a true, like, you were married and it it's, you guys led to a divorce, but there was no big, huge, like, earthquake that happened. Right. So I think a lot of people can relate to your situation mm-hmm. because I feel like it, you grew apart. Right. And I think that's really important to talk about. Yeah. And I think that that is, um, so we were married for, actually our divorce was finalized like five days before our 13th anniversary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was kind of funny. Not funny, haha. And number. (laughs) And the number. Yeah, exactly. And 13 is actually my lucky number. 13 is a good number. It is a good number. Um, But, you know, what, and I was just explaining this to somebody. So, I mean, I'm not going to get into details because there's another person involved here. And right. And, like, right. nobody needs to be And we have a business. huge amount of respect for Anna's ex-husband. Oh, my God, So this yeah. isn't going to be, like, spilling the beans. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's not meant to be like that at all. Never. Um, and he is a good man. Like, He's a he great guy. He's a good guy. person. Obviously, I will always care about him because he's, you know, the father of my kids and stuff. And... We've been through a lot together. As a disclaimer, yeah. just as an outside perspective, yeah. every time I'm around you or Josh, either together or individually, mm-hmm. I always see why you guys got married. Because obviously, as we all know, Anna's incredibly charismatic and witty. Thank and you. Josh is also. Yeah. And he's a fantastic dad. Yeah. He's a great guy. He makes you laugh. I right. mean, I don't think I'm ever around Josh not laughing. Right. But it's funny because I really love both of you guys individually. Mm-hmm. And I can 100% percent see why it didn't work out Mm -hmm. like I can see who both of you are and I think in the early days when you were first talking to me about this I was Mm -hmm. like I can totally see why it's not working but I can also see that you guys are two amazing great people and you know it, it wasn't lack of trying right and it also wasn't lack of chemistry or love because you right. can even being around you guys now divorced co-parenting I still feel the love with you guys which I think is incredibly cool oh that's really and sweet. it's so cool for your kids to see that too thank you for saying that, that divorce doesn't have to be this monster right 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 I think it always is at one point at least for sure yeah um but I knew like obviously this wasn't something like I woke up one day and decided I didn't want to be married Um, that's not at all what happened. I think that there are things that happen in a marriage that are only known between, um, the couple and, you know, you can't really judge why people get divorced or what happens because, and even in a situation where like, you know, one person was cheating or like, unless you're talking about physical abuse, like there's, oh, even when you are talking about physical abuse. There is always something that led up to that. Like, there's always an underlying factor that leads to these things. So even with cheating, I'm not by any means, like, supporting cheating. I'm not supporting physical abuse, obviously. But for some people, that's not their end-all, be-all. They can go through right. and have a spouse cheat and still stay married to them and yeah. love them. Yeah, and, and can work totally work it. it out. Yeah. Yeah, and that is, like, that is amazing. Yeah. That it... Anytime that you can work things out or you can get beyond a really terrible situation, right? no matter what it is in a relationship, that is amazing. And like you said before, it only makes you stronger. It does. Yeah. 1,000%. And if that's your breaking point and you can't be okay with that too, that's okay too. Yeah. I mean, to each their own, like whatever people can handle. I totally respect. And that's the part of divorce that nobody really understands is that like... Especially when you're talking generationally, 
if you don't have what people consider a solid reason for getting divorced, which is cheating, like infidelity or That's abuse, such a good point. Yeah. People really don't understand, that's, especially that's the older generation. Because they're like, what do you... What's your problem? Two they're great. Happen, He's a great yeah, dad. Exactly. He's not abusing you. Exactly. Yeah, right. Like, why can't you work this out? But it really is like, you know, you change. You evolve as people, and sometimes that evolution happens together. And sometimes it takes you in two different directions. And like you were saying before, like, I think it's so important that, you know, you change as an individual all of the time. And all of that changing that you do, you have to respect that your partner also changes. Right. And I think, like, I remember before I got married, honestly, I think it was like a Sally Jesse Raphael episode <laughs> or like an Oprah episode. But oh there God. was like a psychologist on and they said the number one reason that marriages fail is because um, women try to change their husbands and they don't change. And men expect their wives to be the same and that's they such change. a good point. And it really, this was like a million years ago that I heard that. But I still think that's why people get divorced. Yeah, exactly. It's I mean, huge. one person changes and evolves and the other person's like, nah, I'm not real into what you're becoming. And that's okay. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So how long, like how far in, like, I don't know. Did you know you want to get divorced? Did you guys go to counseling? Did you yeah. try to make it work? Like, what's the timeline from the point where it started to become a notion in your head? Because I know for you, you really worked at your marriage, I think, yeah. for like two full years before it even got into your head that maybe this would be a possibility. Right. Yeah. You know? I mean, we went to, and I don't think... I don't think Josh would be upset by me saying we went to marriage counseling because I feel like 90% of people go to marriage counseling. Right. But, and I mean, we tried to work on our marriage. Like, right. there, there is no shame in that whatsoever. Right. We tried to fix things. We tried to, you know, work through things. And it didn't work. And then, you know, it was probably like um, two years that I was like, okay, like, we tried, this is not working. Right. Like, this is not working. This is not working. And then finally making that decision. And that is an extremely difficult decision to make. Oh, my make. gosh. Especially, like, like you said, that was such a great point. There's no huge earth-shattering Yeah, moment. there's no catalyst. There was no reason. Like, yeah. There, for, for, for people looking in, yeah. there was no reason. Yeah. And so like, it, it's really hard to... To walk away knowing that you're probably going to get a huge amount of blame as is him because right. people are going to be like, you have no reason for this. You're putting your kids through this and there's no reason. And I and think... That's terrible. Right. Well, I mean, it's not great. And I think, too, what... One of the factors, too, is that, like, you start... The, for me, when I started this process, I was like, this is going to be fucking tough because, number one... No one's going to understand why. Like, people are going to be surprised by this. Mm -hmm. Like, people who weren't super close to me. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they weren't. Uh, <laughs> like, And, you know, when people ask why, because people do ask why. And, I'm like, sure. I'm not going to disclose that information. Like, right. it just didn't work. Right. Um, but I think that you start, when you start the process, you're like, what are people going to say? What are people going to think? What are, like, you're real concerned about, like, outsiders. And, yeah. and at the end of the day, and pretty much what this whole process has taught me, too, is that, nope, 
none of that shit matters. Right. It does not matter that you don't understand why I'm getting divorced because at the end of the day, you are not a factor in why I'm getting divorced. Right. And you are not a factor in this marriage at all. So you are entitled to have your opinions, Mm -hmm. but keep them to yourself because I don't give a shit. And I feel like going through something like this really shows you who your true friends are. And actually, on a side note, Anna and I were close, Mm -hmm. but I think one of the catalysts that really brought you and I close Mm -hmm. was all the discussions you and I would have about getting divorced because that was the first time Anna and I started having honest, real conversations. And when we did, I think you were really surprised by... I didn't know you as well as some of your other friends at yeah, the time. Right. And I was super open-minded and super, like, insightful and aware of, like, all of those 100%. factors. And I think it's something that actually brought us together. Yeah. Was being around people who, like, just got you. I right. didn't need a thousand reasons. I could, you know, and I was always there for you. And mm-hmm. I think as yeah. a friend, if your friend is going through a divorce, being that support system for them. 100%. There, if there are two things that I could give as advice... One is make sure you have a huge support system. Um, Three things. (laughs) Two, um, if you have a person in your life who has gone through divorce, I cannot tell you how important those people are. Yeah. Because there is something very, very different about divorce that is different about, like, just breakups. Like... Oh, yeah. You are in a special part of dark place hell when you go through divorce. And having somebody who has gone through it, and I had um, two people who were, like, instrumental in this whole thing. And, like, I could not have gotten through it without them. And honestly, like, you assume that divorce is really bad, but until you've been through it, you really have no idea. Like, yeah. it's just one of those things that, like... It's I feel like, like it's literally comparable to, like, fighting a war. It like, is. No, like, you think you know what's happening over there, but, like, unless you have you've no been dragged idea. through yeah. the mud like that, exactly. you don't know. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, and I think that that is something to just really remember if you have somebody going through it. The third piece of advice I'm going to give is take care of yourself throughout this entire process. That was the one thing that I could have gone down a really, really dark rabbit hole. And I'm not judging anybody for, like, if they had gone down that dark rabbit hole because it is so easy to do. You are in, last night I was explaining it, you are in the pit of despair, to quote the Princess Bride. Like, it is a really dark place. And taking care of myself was such a huge priority because I knew that if I didn't do that, my kids would be like, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, that is, it's really, really difficult. So just taking care of yourself, whatever that looks like for you. If it means taking 10 minutes a day to just breathe, then do that. Like, whatever works for you in your life. Um. Go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I had a couple questions, but yeah. I don't know if you can answer them. So if you can't, that's oh, okay. Right. But, like, once you started to actually go and, like, file and do mm-hmm. all of those things, mm-hmm. like, what was the time period on that? If Are you allowed to say that? And also, I'm curious. I know a lot of other people might be. Mm-hmm. Do you know how much a divorce could cost or cost or average cost or anything sure. like that? Yeah. So you kind of have to – well, there are several routes you can take. Um, a common one now is using mediation. Okay. So a mediator acts like a referee. Right. Okay. So they don't represent 
either party. Okay. They are there to help you guys come to a mutual decision. On like child care, like all the import, the houses, the all equity, the financial, all the, okay. yes. Every single aspect Because, yeah, of there's marriage. no way two people could ever go and agree on that. No. Even no. if you're, I mean... Right. The nicest two people in the well, world. Well, and that's, that's the hard. thing is, like, you could be the nicest two people in the oh. world. This could be a completely mutual thing, but there is always going to be some part of it that gets ugly. Yeah. Like, and the paperwork. Mm-hmm. There's so much fucking paperwork. I have never adulted so hard in my life. I was, yeah. like, looking at, you really look at every single penny that comes in, that goes out, that has been, like, spent, that has come in, that has been saved, like... Everything, retirement accounts, everything is put under a microscope. And it's like, again, I'm going to go to Sex and the City. (laughs) But looking at what, like, you're worth, like, on paper. So, like, you look at what you're worth, you look at what your spouse is worth, and then, like, trying to come to, like, some kind of agreement on that is, like, it's so difficult. It's so difficult. Um, so if you use mediation, they act like a referee and that is the cheaper option. So most mediators I think are around like 5,000 maybe. Okay. Divorce and that can get you through to the divorce. Yeah. So okay. what I recommend is getting a mediator who is also an attorney okay. because then they can file paperwork. Otherwise okay. you're going to then need to hire an attorney to file the paperwork for okay. you. Um, yeah. But if you just go the, um, the route of divorce Medi- attorney, then Normally, what happens is both of you need an attorney in order, right. and then they fight for you. Right. So you kind of tell your attorney what you want, what you're looking for, and stuff, and then it's there. So it's not like you guys fighting each other; it's your attorneys fighting each other. Right. Okay. Essentially, it's what happens. And what's the cost on something like that? Oh, it it depends. I mean, it's all like billable hours and shit. Oh, so it geez. could be as little as like. I think some of the um, attorneys were like $250 as a retainer. No, I'm sorry. $2,500 as a retainer. Yeah, that's the retainer. And then whatever, like, is billed after that. I mean, everything with, like, paperwork and then with the house, like, the title and all that shit. So, yeah, it's a lot. So, um, also, I would say, like... (laughs) If you're think if you're engaged currently, yeah, <laughs> and you're thinking that you don't want to be married, don't just get married. Like the divorce yeah. is like, I mean, if any, like, I and mean, I, hopefully nobody goes into marriage being like, oh, I could just get divorced if it doesn't work. No, out. I don't think it's yeah. Well, actually, actually, yes, I do think there are some oh, naive yeah. people who think divorce is a solution. Don't and do also, that. do you ever hear the people who are like engaged for seven years, mm-hmm. 11 years, 13 years, mm-hmm. they get married and then the divorce after six months? Yeah. Because I feel like, again, this is the pressure of society that you've mm-hmm. been together so long. What's mm-hmm. wrong with him? What's wrong with you? Why yeah. aren't you proposing? Why aren't you this? Yeah. So then they do the next logical step. And at that point, as anyone can attest to that's ever planned a wedding it's really easy to get caught up with mm-hmm. caring about what other people think you have to care about what they're eating you have to care about the bar i right. mean it becomes all these decisions that really aren't about your marriage it's about everyone going to your wedding yeah right it's about the party it's about the party so you get really caught up in that and then i think you're married and then once it's so official i feel like that's when the the kind of the collar gets tight and right. they realize i don't think I want to be with you I think we just did this because this was the next step Mm -hmm. and we felt the pressure to do that Mm -hmm. and now we're doing that Mm -hmm. and now I want out and 
if anyone, I mean, I have Anna, I have a, a few other friends that I'm pretty close with that have gone through divorce, and it's been all aspects. Anna, of all my friends, has the most successful divorce, I would say, in the fact <laughs> of, like, being able to co-parent. Right. And she is survived it and she's doing well and her and her ex are great and you know they're not perfect but they survived it in a and they're coming out the other end positively as are their kids Mm -hmm. um i know of a lot of my friends right now where that is not even close to being the case and their divorce has taken years and it's cost them thousands and thousands of dollars i actually know someone who just finally finalized her divorce after four years of going through the process yeah and they were down to the penny fighting over everything mm-hmm. and um because they both make a ton of money and there was a lot to fight over right and i think she said that her divorce cost her seventeen thousand dollars so you know before you guys go into marriage just really think about it yeah well that's the thing too <laughs> is that like it is a super long process so from like the time that like we were like okay this is divorce right. is happening it was like a year and a half well, so, and I have a couple other questions. Okay. What was the most, or what were things that before you got divorced, but knew you were going down that road and mm-hmm. then going through it, what were the things that surprised you about it? Mm-hmm. And my other question to, to follow that up would, if someone is is going through a divorce, like, or, or if you're a friend with divorce friends, right. what would be the advice you would give to people to not say to someone going through a divorce? They're kind of two okay. unrelated questions, but I want both those answered. Okay, so the first thing that surprised me was, and I didn't think about this. So you think when you get divorced, like when you tell, when you talk to your spouse about it, when you talk to your kids about it, like that is heart wrenching, and that is like obviously a really bad place to be in. Like, it's not easy at all. Um, But I think it's, like, it's the other parts of, like, your family. Right. So, like, trying to explain, like, you get tired of having to be, like, okay, we're getting divorced. Right. Like, when you're the person who's, who's like, making that announcement, we'll say, like, very loosely. But, like, when you have to tell your family, like, telling my parents. Right. Wasn't great. Right. That was really hard. Right. Telling my sisters. I was, like, you know this is kind of happening and like for my sister Christina actually said this to me because I had a total attitude I was having a rough day and she was asking a lot of questions and I was like being salty towards her and she's like listen I know that this has been going on with you for like several years but this is new information for me and I need to process this just like you processed it right and I was like oh my god like I never ever thought of that like I never thought that other people are gonna be so affected yeah Yeah. exactly especially in our immediate family right um and another thing that surprised me is that when you go through divorce you go through the stages of grief Oh. And I never, ever, ever thought You didn't of think that. about that. No, I didn't. Yeah. No. Then I like, wouldn't think of that either. Well, and when you're going through it, too, like, it's hard. And I feel like the whole divorce process was, like, my anger phase. Not that I was, like, walking around, like, ready to fucking punch people but in the face But you actually went through the phases yeah. of grief. Yeah. That so makes sense. I was, I think the anger phase lasted the longest for me. And then, um... This summer, actually, I went through, like, the sadness phase. Right. Which was crazy for me because I'm like, 
snuck up on you. Oh, it totally did. It totally caught me off guard. And I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, I'm really like. Especially because you and you were okay with the divorce. And you. Yeah. 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 So that would that would totally blindside you that you're sad about it. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, my God. Like, and I think going through that, like, it is hard. Yeah. And then when you're sad after being, like, angry for so long, right. it's like, I, I don't know, that I was not expecting at all. And right. I think that it will always, like, you know, for the most part, we communicate well, we can get along and everything, but there are still times when he pisses me off. Right. It's just like there are times when I piss him off. Right. Like, that's that's relationship. That's any general. relationship. Yeah, that's a friend. Exactly. That's anyone. Exactly. You're going to have that. And then there's also times when, like, so now we still go to, like, family parties and stuff right. together. And, you know, we have, like, a united front. And for the most part with the kids and everything. But, like, I don't know what's going to happen when one of us starts seeing somebody. Right. Like, once you add someone else into that, the That, I think, and which I told you from the beginning. Right. I, I, we had this conversation and I said, mm-hmm. you know, things are going, were going the way they were going. And I was mm-hmm. like, I think that and who you guys end up dating next right. is going to be a really big hurdle. Yeah. Um, I think that's going to be the next really big hurdle you guys go through. Yeah. Cause yeah. introducing someone else to your family is mm-hmm. a whole nother topic we could go on and on and on about, um, right. which we won't because yeah. <laughs> we know how long this already is. <laughs> um, but that, that is a whole new di- dynamic. And when we, we, cause I mean, I think like the dating or especially divorce, anything like this, we'll probably have a few episodes right. throughout our podcast yeah. lifetime. God knows how long yeah. or short that will be. Um, we'll Amen. probably have a few episodes about it. Um, and one, I really want to bring in someone that I'm really close with and I have such a high respect. This girl is, I have, I have the highest form of respect for her. Her, she was married. She got divorced. Okay, her husband, I believe, he got divorced. Right? Mm-hmm. Do you know that they are so close with each other's ex husbands and ex wives and stepkids and new kids and half sisters? And they hang out all the time. They go on vacations together. It is wow. not easy. And there were dark spots. Oh yeah. But they get along and she I was talking to her about this actually and mm-hmm. she said her and her husband's ex-wife would totally come on together and be guests. Wow. Which but like in I'm like for you to have that much maturity and exactly. selflessness yeah. to be able to have all of you guys together and there are times where like she hangs out with his ex-wife's daughter that she's not even like they didn't even have together and she loves her daughter and wow. like vice versa and they babysit each other's kids and it's the modern family it is and it is commendable yeah because that is very rare 100 percent. so i think that once you add someone else into the equation that's that is that to me would be the toughest part too right yeah i think and i mean who knows what the hell's gonna happen right oh Hopefully so what Josh was, is okay with me dating chris evans what was your <laughs> advice um, to maybe either someone going through a divorce. Well, mm-hmm. you kind of gave that advice. Yeah. But what would you say, like, don't say to someone going through a divorce? Um, oh, what happened? <laughs> if you're not super close with that person or right. they um, mm-hmm. did not already disclose that information to yeah. you, don't ask them. I also will say, as a friend of Anna's, mm-hmm. don't ask the friend either. Yes! 
Because yeah. I can't tell you how many times people came in because Anna kept her private stuff private like people should. Mm-hmm. And people were coming in to get their hair done. And they were like, so what's going on with Anna? What's happening? Yeah. And I was like, well, first of all, it's not your business. And it's for sure not my business to tell you her business. Yeah. So I would just totally act like I didn't know. That That is super funny. I was like, oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why? Oh, what's happening? Yeah, what's I don't happening? know. Do you know news? I don't. I mean, like that's yeah. awkward too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's super absolutely. awkward. And um, I mean, when especially for you, like you knew, like behind the scenes shit. I knew like, a lot of how stuff. Fucking hurt it was. Yes. That you know. Clearly but I felt gonna... like as your friend, and I maybe this is advice for people. I felt like I had to be a united front for Anna. Yeah. So if someone came to me and I was just with Anna and maybe she was having a breakdown or crying. I was like, she's doing great. She's strong. She's amazing. She's a good mom. And they're working through it. They're both amazing people. Mm-hmm. And throughout your entire divorce, I also told you how much I supported your ex-husband as well. Yeah. 100%. And I actually stopped him in a parking lot um, and he was with his kids. And I was like... Just so you know, like, if you have the boys and it's your weekend, they want to hang out with Kennedy, like, you can call me directly. It doesn't always have to be through Anna. Mm -hmm. We love you, and we have such a high respect for you, and you're such a great guy and a great dad. Yeah. And don't feel like we're picking a side, because we're not. We are friends with both of you guys, and I think that's really important for both spouses to feel supported, especially in a situation where there's no... I guess I would, I'm using this term very loosely, but mm-hmm. like clear sort of villain, I guess. Right. Yeah. Not that that's even always the case, because like you said, everything that happens, there's always behavior on both ends and parties right. that are accountable that lead up to it. Right. But in your case, where it was just a, you know, it really just did dissolve into a divorce, mm-hmm. um, I always wanted Anna's ex to know that we always support him too. Right. I think that was really important. I think right. as a friend of someone, you have to put on a united front. You can know all the details about your friend's divorce. You don't share it with people. No. You just give nothing but goodness because yeah. you're kind of like their public, um, what is it, publicity person, yeah. right? <laughs> and, and you exactly. can't go out there and give your friend a bad face. You got to yeah. give her a good one no matter what she's going through. And if she wants to, she'll express that. Like people, thousand percent. People who have asked me, I'm like, no, that shit was real hard. Yeah, of course. Of course. If they're asking you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, two shows I want to recommend mm-hmm. to people going through a divorce mm-hmm. because they're fantastic is Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. That, I don't agree with that. Oh, no, you didn't like that show? That No, I mean, I like that show, but I feel like that is... It's kind of a, like a lighthearted... Yeah, yeah. Like that's not But it's really... kind of like a guilty pleasure show. Right. Um, the other one that I don't know if you watch on HBO, which is real gritty, is Divorce. Divorce. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. I love that one. That's Sarah Jessica like Parker's in it. Yeah. And um, that's more realistic of what actually happened. Yes, yes. But I think both of them are like kind of good as like little fun little shows to watch. Right. That make you feel a little supported. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Very true. <laughs> um, um yeah. I think there was one other thing I was gonna say. Shit. I don't know. I lost it. <laughs> It'll be a wait what next week. Okay. <laughs> well, I think we covered a lot of ground. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Um, And I hope that. Oh, I oh, remember. Oh, there okay. it is. Okay. There we go. So, and this was actually said by um, one of our bachelors when we did um, um, interviews outside of the bachelor panel. Um, but, and I think I touched on this during that episode too, but one of the things that 
often get so lost when you are married, especially when you're married for a long time, is like just having like that genuine appreciation for the other person oh, and yeah. letting them know that they are appreciated. Don't take your marriage for granted. Yeah. Don't, don't take, take your, spouse. your marriage for granted. Yeah. Don't take your spouse for granted. 100%. And don't think that your marriage is untouchable. Yeah, You have exactly. to continue to work at it. Yeah, exactly. Don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. You should still, like, I, yeah, I agree with that. Don't you assume always... that because you have a piece of paper binding you together legally, that that means that. That that means your emotions are always going to be in that place. Yeah, exactly. Because that's totally not it at all. Yes. Um, and I, I actually would say, like, the times that Dan and I do hit our bumps mm-hmm. is when we just get into that rat race. Like, yeah. we're busy. We mm-hmm. work full time. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we're, like, roommates passing in the night. Like, yeah. we don't even see each other. Yeah. Our kids are busy. We work opposite hours. We right. very rarely get time for him and I. I yeah. said this in an earlier podcast, but one of our biggest things are having powwows, morning powwows. Yeah. Or whenever we have it, if we have 10 minutes, I'm like, come here, you, me, we're going here and we're talking about this. Because, like, you have to have check-ins with each other. Because I will tell you, for a fact, if we go too long without, number one, checking in with each other, and I'm telling you, if it's 10 minutes while he's making coffee in the morning Mm -hmm. and we just have things to go over or whatever it is, or if it's a date night or whatever it is, we do not do well when we fail to communicate. Right. That's number one. And number two is when you get so pulled in, you assume your marriage is always going to be there for you because you're so busy working on everything else, working in your career, working on being a parent, working on being a friend, working on being a daughter. Like you have so many other people you're working on Mm -hmm. that you kind of are like, well, I know my husband's going to be there and it's great and it's fine, so I can't put the work into my marriage. Mm -hmm. That's happened to us. A couple times during our 10-year marriage where, like, both of us kind of put our marriage on the back burner because we just didn't have the time to invest in it. Yeah. And both of those times, our marriage hit really, a really bad space. Mm -hmm. And I have realized that even when I don't think it needs it, if I don't prioritize my marriage, number one, Mm -hmm. nothing else matters. All that other shit falls. Right. Right? Yeah. Nothing else matters. And when Dan and I aren't good, nothing is good in my life. Everything kind of goes that that way thousand percent yeah for me it's like a tornado it just sucks you in yeah, so even exactly. if you think your marriage is good and great and amazing and awesome like mm-hmm. look at your spouse and tell them they're good they're great they're amazing they're awesome buy yeah. them flowers write them notes yeah check in with them buy send them, them a nice send them a nice text or just say thank you yeah yeah just say thank you give them a kiss tell them you love them yeah that they're appreciated you should do those things all the time because right? it always feels good to have someone who does that yeah and think about how much better you feel when someone does it for you right yeah you have to always be each other's friend and fan yes. is what my husband always talk about mm-hmm. is like in a marriage you wear so many different masks mm-hmm. and sometimes i'm like you're a great dad right now and you're a great husband but you're a shitty friend yeah. Because that happens. Or sometimes right. I'm like, you're a great friend, or you're being a shitty husband. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, there's so many different masks you wear within a marriage of, right. like, all the different things you have to take on. You have to be each other's supporters and fans and friends. And I always say I'm my <coughs> husband's biggest cheerleader. Yeah. You know? So, um, you know, you have to always remember that. And, and you, you can't get lazy on your marriage. No. You can't, because that's when shit starts to creep in and shit starts to fall apart. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Well, I hope we helped you guys. I mean, (laughs) maybe a little bit. (laughs) Maybe maybe a little bit. Or they're just like, you guys are assholes. I don't know. Also, if you have any follow-up questions that are not, um, like, super 
invasive, we're more than happy to answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask me invasive ones. Yeah. Just don't ask yeah. Anna. You can email them to us at one <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. And um, we will see you guys Friday at yeah. the Rise event. Oh, we're, we're so excited. We're so excited. Um, we love you guys. Thank you so much. We're kind of coming to the end of our season. And I've been really reflecting on what all of this has brought into our life. And like I said, we're going to have a last episode. It's going to be fucking epic. Um, but we are so, so, so grateful. I don't think I can go anywhere anymore without someone coming up to me and telling me how much they love our podcast. And I just want you guys to know that every time that happens, even if I'm in a place like last night where I don't even remember it or have super big awareness <laughs> or maybe not the reaction that you thought I would have, I text Anna like every time oh and God, I'm yes. like freaking out. And I'm like, oh yeah, this random girl, her name's like Mindy or Cindy or Lindy. I can't remember her name, but she's really cute and she has brown hair and she's tall and she loves our podcast. And Anna's like, awesome. You <laughs> just described... 90% of women in America. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah. we really do love and appreciate really you guys. Thank and we're you guys so grateful. So much. Um, and we will see you Friday. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. Bye. Bye, guys.